Welcome to the Growth Circle Podcast. Discussing topics of personal growth, gathering stories of individuals embarked on the path to success, and most importantly, providing a platform for individuals that want to learn and grow. And now, here are your hosts, Jake Ingledew and John Mitchell. Do you have a property that is in rough condition, has tenant issues, or a project that never got finished? Then you need to contact Homelink Properties. This Springfield, Missouri-based company will give you a fair cash offer on your property, completely as is, the same day you reach out. If you're an investor, Homelink Properties can also put your house in front of hundreds of cash buyers so that you too can quickly sell your property. Give them a call today, 417 417- Two nine five zero seven two three. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Growth Circle Podcast. I'm sad to say this is our second attempt at recording this current episode because I forgot to hit record. So, welcome, John Mitchell, my co-host. Didn't you already say that? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, super excited about today's guest. We've got a dear friend of mine, Sam Kington, on, and uh, he's going to give us a brief uh, summary of his bio, and we're going to dive right into his real estate investing journey because uh, he's new at it, but he went big for his first uh, investment. So I'm excited to have him on. Uh, this is great because I think sometimes as people, as you know, you and I have been investing for a while, John, like. I should say, well, I mean, we've done it a little bit. Right. Um, we forget some of the basics. So it's like good to hear like the struggles that people get from the beginning. So anyways, without further ado, welcome, welcome Sam Kington. Thanks. Thanks again for having me, guys. I really appreciate the opportunity to come on. Uh, I've listened to your podcast uh, quite a few episodes. You guys do an awesome job. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, man. We appreciate that. So a little bit about me. Um, I am, I'm from Rexburg, Idaho. I uh, went to school, graduated there. That's where I met, met my wife. And um, I uh, graduated from school, got a job in healthcare. I worked in healthcare for about eight years. Um, we made a really big leap and moved to the south part of Arkansas. We were actually closer to Louisiana than we were to Little Rock. That's how south we were. <laughs> Uh, complete culture shock, but it was great. Uh, the Southern hospitality is true. People are super nice down there. We just didn't like the weather. So we were there for about 14 months. Was there good Cajun food down there? You know, we had some really good Cajun food. The, the, the CEO of the hospital actually made a jambalaya and I love me some Cajun food. It was amazing. (laughs) It was awesome. Uh, so we, we, uh, we enjoyed it down there, uh, spent about 14 months, and then I got the opportunity to move up here to Springfield and work for Springfield Public Schools. So you're originally from out west. I just got to ask you this. This has nothing to do with what we're going to talk about today. But when you first moved up here, did you kind of have like a stigma or like of like what you thought people were going to be like? Let me. The reason why I'm bringing this up, because before I ever came out to the Midwest, I had no idea what it was like. But have you, have you seen The Water Boy? Yes. You know, like the old guy that's like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I thought people in Missouri talk like that. Uh, oh, the Midwest. <laughs> right, Midwest entirely. So, but I wasn't too far off. You know, Ewan's have a good one. Like when I first heard that, I was like, what'd you just say? Ewan's have a good one? Yeah, you you guys have a good one. You, mm. Ewan's have a good one. Have you ever heard anybody say I've that? i never heard that. Wow. No. What in it? Well, we'll see if you ever get another real estate. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Springfield, Missouri. Appreciate it. Yeah, we, uh, we really love Springfield. We've been here for about two and a half years and... I uh, just love it. Uh, we've lived in, uh, we've moved once. We moved out to a little farmhouse out in the middle of nowhere and we're loving it so far. Awesome. Uh, let's dive right into like the journey with real estate investing. Now, hang on now. We missed part of his bio because you forgot to hit record. <laughs> I want to know about the chickens, man. Why did you want to get some chickens? Oh yeah. It says he has two, two dogs, two cats and six chickens in yeah. his bio. <laughs> So we, we've, uh, we've had animals, uh, ever since we got married okay. and, uh, started off with a cat. And at one time we had three dogs, three cats, three ducks. And the, uh, the ducks were fun, except they hated us. They hated our dogs. Oh, and, wow. uh, and so, the cats liked them and the cats. Yeah. <laughs> so we ended up, uh, we ended up getting rid of them in Idaho. And then when we moved here, um, my wife was like, Hey, you know, we want to teach our, our two year old son some responsibility. So I said, you know, he can feed cats, he can feed dogs. And she said, well, why don't we get chickens? And I was like, okay, if we get chickens, that means I'm gonna have to build a chicken coop. And if we build a chicken coop, then I have to paint the chicken coop. And so 
it was a fun uh fun experience and so now we've got six chickens we started off with seven and one died somehow we don't know how uh we just saw my little two-year-old holding it i don't think it was him i don't think it was him but uh I think the dogs got a little excited on that one. So. Nah. Gotcha. So I guess you guys have a lot of eggs in. You know, they haven't started laying yet. Okay. So we just mm-hmm. barely, this last week, they uh, are st- spending full time out in the chicken coop. Nice. Are, are they brown eggs or white eggs or do you? Uh... We, we're we not sure yet. Most likely they're going to be brown eggs. Okay. So. Nice. So we, we should have... get a farmer on our podcast. I didn't even think about that and talk about the, the business of farming. I would... Yeah. Losing money. <laughs> ask me ask me in six months and i'll tell you what, what, how much you make on eggs you live in fair grove correct uh north of fair grove you like it out there you know i love it out there it's uh it's very different um yeah. from what we're used to and we still have neighbors but you know we don't have a ton of property he's out where uh, your uncle lives yeah dude i love fair grove marshfield area it's just elkland elkland yeah elkland's probably like Dude, if I didn't live where I live now and born and raised where I am now, I'd I'd move out to Oakland. I love that area. Yeah, it's it's great. There's a lot of nice people out there. Yeah. So, so let's let's just talk about your journey. So you're right now you're the director uh, over custodial grounds, right? Correct. Uh, yeah. this, over all of Springfield schools. Yeah. So Springfield Public Schools, um, you know, we we service about twenty five thousand kids. It's the largest school district in Missouri. Um, I I I manage. Uh, I have a little over two hundred employees. Um, we manage 65 different buildings, four and a half million square feet, 700, uh, almost 800 acres of grounds that we take care of. So gotcha. Okay. Not very busy. Are you not very busy? Hey, I got to bring this up on the podcast. Uh, (laughs) you already know where I'm going with this, don't you? (laughs) John doesn't know this. So, uh, so I went to, I applied, uh, I just, I don't even know how it came up. We were golfing actually. We were golfing with Jake. Yes. That dude sucks at golf. The one time I played the best game of my life was the first time we golfed. And he's like, you're so good. I'm like, yeah, no, man, this is not no, normal. No, you're just terrible. This is not normal. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we were golfing, and uh, I don't know how it got brought up, but basically, long story short, I applied for a job, um, and I had an in, right, with Sam. Right. So I applied for it because I think it was going to be like around 50K starting out or something like that. Yeah, it was like the base de- was 50. Yeah. yeah, base was 50. So it was like, it was a pretty good opportunity. And my thought was like, oh yeah, more loan power because I'm showing for more income because I've already got the pest control business, a couple rental properties. Anyways, long story short, his boss didn't like me because he thought I was a salesman. <laughs> and, he, and he asked me in the interview, he asked me a question. He said like, well, essentially this is what he was getting at. And I think later he talked to Sam about it, but it's kind of like, uh, if your business is so su- successful, why are you coming to get a job here? But I didn't want to be like in the interviews, like, because I want money <laughs> so I can get more properties and then. And then ditch this and place. And then ditch this place after a year or two. <laughs> <laughs> so for both Sam and I, I think it was probably the best non hire. Uh, Dodge that bullet. Yeah. yeah we, I think we both dodged both, that bullet. Both of us. <laughs> no, you, you would have done a great job. I remember that, actually. Yeah. We, we had just become friends, didn't yeah, we? Yeah. You were, you also, yeah, I think we're just like, dude, what are you thinking? Yeah, dude, I was like, what are you doing, man? Like, I'm trying to be friends and you're trying to get a full-time job. <laughs> dude, if that would, if I would have been confined to that, I would, have, I would not be doing some of the stuff I'm doing right now. Yeah, maybe I could keep you out of my hair. <laughs> you got any openings? <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, so, uh, so Sam, you and I are good friends. Uh, tell us how you got into real estate uh, and what made you pull the trigger. Why real estate? I mean... You're new at it, so let's let's dive into it. Uh, you, I mean, and so we can end the, podca- end the podcast right now because you did it. <laughs> I mean, so you know, you were uh, our first friends when we moved out to Elkland, and uh, we met, and you know, we started talking, and that's what you love to talk about. And so, uh, I think you slowly started to introduce that and, and kind of you know get me excited about it. And then we were at a birthday party at my niece's birthday party, and you were talking about it, and I was there with my brother-in-law. And, you know, I was always the type like, I'll work for the man, get my, get my, uh, uh, insurance, get my retirement and, and be good. And you're like, well, that's boring. And I was like, well, yeah, that is kind of boring now that I think about it. Um, and you know, you got, uh, my, my, uh, business partner and my brother-in-law Keldon and I interested about it. And so literally the, within the next day, um, the day after the birthday party, we were looking at properties and nice. looking for something to, to, to find and. So he ended up, um, you know, going back to Arizona where he lives. And I, and I know you guys are going to want to get him on here. He has a, he has a really interesting story, really great story. Um, and 
anyways, we just started looking and, and I was looking at MLS. I was looking at Facebook. I was looking at Craigslist. I was looking everywhere and just trying to find something. Now you need to understand I had zero money. I, I mean, <laughs> I had zero capital and he had a lot of capital, but he didn't have a job. So he had zero bargaining power buying power and I had zero capital. And so he's like, dude, we'll make the perfect team. <laughs> he's like, I'll provide the money. You can, you can say that we can pay for it somehow and, and we'll, we'll make it happen. So anyways, we, yeah, cause believe it or not, Sam has a good job as a janitor, as a, yep. <laughs> as a glorified janitor, a glorified janitor. No, but for real, he, you make pretty good money, uh, especially for around in this area. Yeah. I actually, I make really good money for, yeah. for this area. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, the, the job I've, I've made the most at in, and I always joke, my um, my grandpa was a janitor, my dad was a janitor, I'm a janitor, and I just hope one day my, my two-year-old will become a janitor. <laughs> for his first Christmas, we bought for, him a for vacuum. For your rental properties. For my rental properties, <laughs> yeah. Go. So for his first Christmas, we bought him a vacuum, and he loves it. And, and, uh, <laughs> so he's well on his way. Yeah. That's funny. So anyways, we found mm. this uh, property in Forsyth, right? And, and I'm like, where the heck is Forsyth? I've never heard of it. I knew Branson. I knew Springfield. That's about it. And... This uh, six-unit apartment complex built in 1940. It used to be an old uh, hotel, and they converted it into some rental units. And there, it, it was just at a, a great price mm-hmm. that we thought. And we were brand new to it. And I remember even before that, I'd taken Jake with me a, to a couple other places, and you know, he kind of told us about some deals going on, and you know, good things and bad things. We went to that one in Buffalo. Yeah, I remember, remember that, that one. That had the laundry laundromat, laundromat in it. Yeah, yeah. and <clears> the uh, the uh, hair salon that smelled like weed. <laughs> <laughs> yep. What'd you yeah, think we, of Buffalo? You know, we actually liked Buffalo. Yeah. yeah. A lot uh, of people talk talk smack on it, but I thought it was a really nice town. And I've got a run a lot. In if you're listening yeah. to this and you're from Buffalo. Please get rid of the mullet. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but I swear everybody out there has mullets. <laughs> yeah, we went to Walmart. I think I saw about six of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the cool thing to do out there. <laughs> but uh, so we were looking at that one. Then we found this one in Forsyth for a great deal. It was an older gentleman. He was just liquidating all of his assets. He had a bunch of different uh, real estate properties, and he just wanted to sell them all. And so we didn't know anything about it. You know, we, we didn't know anything about rental units. Everything I learned was from you, Jake, and, you know, just talking to us about it. So he's already set up for failure, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, talk to me about six months. We'll see. Um, but anyways, yeah, we, uh, uh, we got together, my brother-in-law and I. We went and looked at it. Uh, I, I basically FaceTimed him, the, the property. And uh, we ended up pulling the trigger on it, and he provided most of the capital uh, for the uh, down payment on it. And um, then within uh, the first two months, uh, somebody st- stopped paying, and another person moved out. So <laughs> oh, it was uh, it was tough. It was really it was really run down. The the guy he would just fix things as they broke, mm-hmm. and even when they broke, he would just he was kind of a slumlord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. band aid them. And we decided we didn't want to be that, and so. Uh, you know, we've done some really great improvements. You've probably seen a few of mm-hmm. uh, the pictures that we've done. Yeah. And it looks a lot better. Yeah. Some of those. Yeah. So are you we, guys doing all the work yourself? Yeah. We haven't contracted anything. Else. John, he's not for hire. Yeah. <laughs> I already know John's thinking. <laughs> like, you <laughs> so you're driving from, let's see, Oakland to Forsyth. Yeah. So it's about an hour and 15 minutes. Oh man. And so there was a, the first time, the first apartment we did, we were driving out every day. Holy crap. So I took about a week off of work and he flew down here with his family and we drove down every single day. And then uh, when uh, when we finished that apartment, we had two more now that we uh, well another one we could do. Wow! So he ended up just staying in that apartment. The next time he came down, he'd sleep in that apartment, and uh, and then he'd go renovate that. And I'd take a few days off a week and go down and help him. And so, he uh, and he's I think we should bring this up too because he's got a family too. And wasn't he down here for like a month? Yeah, a so, month living on a cot, like he back in the military again, eating like MREs or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I show up and uh, he, I gave him a cot to sleep on. Literally, yeah, one of those cots. And uh, he, I looked in his in the in the pantry, and it was all it was was just ramen and like those ramen bowls, you know. <laughs> and then in the in the fridge, there was like this nice like pork loin, and I'm like, he's like, I'm saving this for when I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get Keldon on, dude. So he, uh, I mean, he just killed it. And this guy, he, he learned a lot in the military, learned a lot on plumbing, electrical, things like that. And he's always just wanting to learn. Mm-hmm. And so I was there just, I was his gopher, you know, go for this, go for that. So we even ran all the electrical lines. He was down in the crawl space. We were fishing lines, pulling lines, all this stuff. And, um, and we were able to do a really good job on, the, on these three. And so we got, uh, we moved 
one of the guys into one of the brand new renovated so we could renovate his. So mm-hmm. now we got that one. That How did you know what was a good price on that property? You know, I talked to Jake a lot. I, I used uh, some of those like uh, calculators you yeah. know, that they have. And um, I mean, I can tell you. We should put a little plug in here. Chandler, hopefully you're listening to this. Yeah. I, I need some uh, <laughs> I need some advertising. <laughs> Yeah, I, he's I got like, an awesome calculator called the the CDS calculator, and it stands for Chandler David Smith calculator. And you can plug in all the numbers there, and it will tell you your return on investment, your cash on cash. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a great it's a great little tool, especially if it's like right on the spot. You yeah, need you, to. You showed me that too. Yeah, Jake. yeah, yeah. So yeah, so this guy he uh, you know selling it he 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 wanted we got him down a little bit just because of the property, and he was just excited to get rid of it. So. Uh, so we've renovated three now. Uh, one was renovated right before we bought it mm-hmm. and uh, not well done, but it was renovated. So now we moved uh, one guy into it, into one of the new newly renovated ones. And we're starting his um, starting demolition next week. Nice. So what are, so obviously you, I, I, you have a little bit of background. You're like, I mean, you're pretty, you're pretty handy. Um, and, yeah. and obviously Keldon is pretty handy. So that helped probably with some of the fear of like the renovation part of stuff. What about just jumping into it though? Like, what did you feel like you had to learn? Cause I mean, you said it yourself, you were kind of in the mindset of just like working for the man and not really investing. Like what, what had to change in your mindset and then what helped give you the courage to move forward? So I think what changed my mindset was I needed somebody to partner with. I wasn't going to do it by myself. There was no way because I I needed somebody to really uh, push me and, and say, Hey, we can do this. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, and he needed the exact same thing. So he had a lot of money tied up in 401ks and in, in, you know, um, the stock market and things like that. And he just wasn't making the return he wanted to. And he just said, you know, the more money I have, the, the, it's just going to keep dwindling away. Mm-hmm. And so he wanted to, to purchase assets. And so anyways, um, you know, the big push was, like I said, you know, you and I were golfing together and you, I mean, that's what you just talked about. You got, got us all excited about it. And the what thing, was your, what'd your wife? Well, go ahead. Finish what you're saying. Yeah. And I want to know what your wife was thinking too. And yeah, like yeah, you, the conversations with her. So I told Keldon from the very beginning, I was like, I do not want anything to do with this thing. Like, I just want to collect money and, <laughs> and call it good. And he's like, Oh yeah, that's, that's what we'll do. I was like, I want a rental management company. I don't want to be called on Christmas. Cause I've worked in healthcare where we're 24 seven, you know? And I just, I, I, I didn't want that. And I don't want to do any work on it. He's like, oh, that's totally fine. And then we have now done three uh, units of the six. And, um, and it's You've just spent quite a time. Up spent there. a lot of time. <laughs> a lot of time. So when we were getting ready to pull the trigger on this, we sat both of our wives down. And we said, hey, listen, like it's, it's a lot of money. I mean, you know, uh, Keldon dropped about 55000 mm-hmm. and uh, for the down payment. And uh, we sat both of them down we said, listen, we're probably not going to make money for a while. We just want this to be kind of something for our kids. And, you know, he has a two year old daughter. I have a two year old son. They're three months apart and you know, our wives are sisters. And so they were on board. They were, they were totally fine. I mean, his wife is free spirit and she's like, yeah, do it. Let's do it. My <laughs> wife was more like, okay, you know, well, what's it going to take and all this type of, yeah. she had a lot more questions about it. So. Yeah. But it was uh, it was a it was an interesting opportunity, and we've we've been very blessed so far to to be able to do what we've done. Was there something that you had to really overcome to pull the trigger on on something besides just the partner, or was it just you just needed the partner? And uh, like, what did you have to learn along the way? Because I feel like you've from when I first started talking to you till now, you've learned a lot about real estate investing and and stuff like that. Yeah, like what was I th- I think like what you're going with, Jake? Like, what was your biggest fear getting into it? My biggest fear, you know, I knew that the real estate market was was hot, mm-hmm. and I, and it had been hot for a while, and it's, it was getting even it was getting even hotter. So that part didn't scare me as much. Like I knew that if 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 we got into trouble, we could probably end up selling it. You know, maybe breaking even on it. So that wasn't the fear. The fear for me was the time that I had to spend away from um, from my family. Sure. You know, I worked in healthcare where I was working twelve to fifteen hours a day, and. Um, you know, our marriage was on the fritz, uh, for a long time because I was working so much. And then I got this job working for a school district where we have like 16 paid holidays. I get, you know, 20 vacation days a year, wellness days, personal business days, all that type of fun. You stuff. off in the summer too? Unfortunately, no, that's actually our busy time. Yeah, <laughs> uh, winter time's actually our, <laughs> our slow time, but anyways. And so I was loving it. You know, I was loving the time, the freedom and stuff like that. But 
the thing that pushed me the most, you know, other than you, Jake, um, was really having that desire to, um, provide something for my kid in the future. I knew this was a long-term investment. It wasn't yeah. going to be a short turnaround, you know, make it, make a buck flipping a house or something like that. So my big, my big goal is I want to do a laundromat. I want to own multiple laundromats. I told you about that, Yeah. you know, and, and I did a lot of research on laundromats and, and, so this is actually maybe going to provide the way for us to be able to do that or storage units or, or multiple properties. Kelton wants to just keep going, keep going. And, and, um, our goal is, is within 18 months to have 10 units. Awesome. Nice. That's awesome. So far. So. Yeah. So what are you like? Your, I know that your goal, uh, here's probably soon. And you said in the next when 18 months, 18, yeah. 18, 18 months. months from the time we bought. Okay. It. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, is there like, you've said, you've said you've gotten addicted to it. It becomes a very addicting, uh, very, thing. very, addictive. Um, what, it, what about it is so addicting? You know, the thing that's so addicting about it is, is there's so many awesome deals out there and you, there's the potential of having an awesome deal. Right. Uh-huh. And so ever since we bought, well, even before we bought that, I've been on Facebook, I've been mm-hmm. on Craigslist, I've been on Zillow and listening to podcasts, listening to, you know, um, Chandler Davis Smith. I listen to him quite a bit. I've listened to your guys' podcasts too. And it just makes it to the point where you're like, this, this can happen. You know, yeah. I looked at myself as not having hardly, I mean, I had like a thousand dollars, I think that I contributed to this thing and knowing that I didn't have much to contribute. And I felt really bad about that. But Keldon's like, no man, he's like, we, we couldn't do this without both the of loan us. power. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, it just got to the point where I'm like, I just want to keep doing this. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's addicting. Definitely. Yeah. It's, Super. it's, it's almost like. This sounds bad, but it's almost like gambling because, like, you get a bunch of small, like, hits or when you hit that big one, you're like, oh, man, there it is. Like, yeah. It's like the jackpot. Yeah, know? it keeps you going. Yeah. yeah. yeah but but I want to clarify, real estate investing does not have to be a gamble. It's a calculated risk. Like, a lot of people, they're Just like, like poker. <laughs> <laughs> so they say. It's so funny because everybody asks me, like, man, I wish I could take more more risk like you, Jake. I wish I could. I'm like, dude, I, I yes, I'm a little more adverse to taking risk than most people. But at the same time, it's like a lot of it's really calculated. Cause I wouldn't, I've got kids, man. I don't want to go bankrupt, you know, like right. and lose it all. But anyways, I think yeah. the, the turning point for Kel and I, that got us the most excited is we actually went golfing with you. Yeah. And we were golfing him and I were in the same cart and you're, you were on the phone trying to make these deals happen. <laughs> and Keldon's like, we could do that. He's like, we could do that. And I'm like, yeah, we, we probably like, could. If, if Jake can do it, we could probably do this. He's like, we can golf and make phone calls. Yeah. <laughs> they were in the golf cart together realizing they wanted their own separate golf cart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're like, this guy. <laughs> and so that really got us, I think, probably the most excited, most um, interested in it. Yeah. You know, is, is we saw you doing that. And I only I only know what came of fruition of that that call that you were on. I but, don't even know at this point yeah. like, which one it would have been I was calling about. Yeah. Who knows? And so anyways, um, but you know, we've been working, working really hard on this one and it's gotten to the point now where we could see us doing this full time. Yeah. You know, we've talked a lot about, do we want to, do we want to try selling it once we've updated all the units? Uh, we've talked about keeping it, you know, we've talked about, uh, we've even looked into refinancing, you know, but right now with the interest rates, how they're going, it's, yeah. it makes it more difficult. And so we've decided to hold off for a little while. Um, but, uh, you know, if the right deal came along, obviously yeah, we're that's willing tr- to. That's true. Yeah. What? Cause you could sell it for probably a lot more than what you bought it for, especially yeah. since you've upped the rents, you've renovated it. Uh, the market's crazy hot right now. So you could probably sell, sell it 1031 exchange it into something even bigger. What made you take on a sixplex versus <laughs> buying a single family to begin with? I mean, since you guys didn't know really what was going on, how did you, uh, I mean, what made you want to take on such a big deal? So this actually, Stems from Jake too. So, you know, Jake, uh, he started off well, and you correct, correct Jake me if likes I'm wrong. spending people's money, Dad. But <laughs> he, uh, he, you know, his, his was a uh, single family housing. I think you had like four or five rentals, single family houses, and you had that commercial uh, property. And I was just thinking, I was t- talking to Kelton. I said, you know, he's making maybe, you know, 100 bucks, maybe 200, maybe 300 on these. Mm-hmm. And we want, uh, and I was like, I want to get into something bigger. And he's like, yeah, let's go big, man. And, and I was like, well, how big though? And he's like, how much money he's, and he actually sat down he's like, if I liquidated all of my, in, like my investments, my 401k, if I pulled everything out, how much could I have? 
and he figured out how much he could have. And then that's when we started looking at what we could buy. <laughs> and so that. it was, you know, and, and, and Keldon is very, you know, he's very trusting, um, but he's also very knowledgeable. Is he optimistic? He's very optimistic. What about you? Are you pretty optimistic? You know, I have a really positive personality and my, my philosophy is it's going to work because it has to. Yeah. And so that's, I think, kind of what yeah. what moved us into that. You know, it's going to work because it has to. Otherwise, like you said, you know, I, I've got a family. I, I'm, I'm going to take care of them. So I yeah. feel like that's how entrepreneurs kind of are. They're pretty optimistic, you know, and don't really see. Like, yeah. Don't see the risk. They kind of are like cognizant they're of more, the risk, but they're like, eh, you know. More what? hopeful Just, than. Yeah. yeah. More ignorant than. <laughs> but, you know, and, and one thing that really helped us out is we looked in Forsyth area, what was for rent, and there wasn't anything. And that's that's another question. Why Forsyth? That's where the deal was. You know, okay. a lot of people talk. You know, getting to the, you know bigger cities, Springfield, like that. You know, and and getting to these bigger cities and, and hot markets. I remember Jake. He always talked about, oh yeah, it's a honey hole, man. That's a honey. <laughs> and he was talking about different cities, but um, Forsyth. You know, I, we found the deal. It was an MLS deal, actually. Wow. And the guy, he had already had an offer on, or he had an offer. They were in contract. The guy backed out because he just saw that there was a lot involved. Um, renovating wise that he would have to do. Right. And we thought we could do it. Um, and so with a six unit, you know, we didn't, I honestly didn't think a six unit was that big. I thought big was like 20, 25. And then Jake's like, dude, that's, you're, you're doing six right off the bat. And I'm like, he's like, that's like buying six individual houses. And I was like, I was a little envious. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I get it. You know, and, and that first month was awesome. It, all of them were full. We collected rent. We made like, you know, we netted probably, I think it was like $1,600 our first month yeah, after all of nice. the utilities and, and, and rents and everything and property management company. And then the next month, somebody didn't pay. And then the next month, somebody left. And then the next month, another person left. And so now we had three units, uh, three of the six that weren't, weren't collecting money. And I had calculated everything out. I had everything on a spreadsheet. And I said, if we have four units, we'll make payments. We'll make everything like that's all we need four units. The other two are just profit. And we were down to three. And yeah. so that, that last month we each had to put in a little bit of our own money, but we've already made that back. So. Nice. Yeah. That's it's, it's I, tough. I, I remember seeing you could like, I remember when you, that first month of income came in, you were like, Oh yeah, this is awesome. This is great. <laughs> and I think what next month you're like, man, this is, I don't know, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it was, it was hard because we had an eviction the sec, the third month. Oh, no, yeah, that makes it tough. So the, he was actually going to be evicted before we bought it. And, and one of the stipulations I said, is I said, I want this guy out before we purchase it. So we go, we go to do our uh, final inspection the day before closing. This guy's still in there. Nothing's packed. Nothing's nothing. And he had already been issued a, a letter saying, you know, leave or pay or leave type thing from the previous owner. And so we went in, we talked to him, we got a little too personally invested with this, with this individual. We sat down we, and he said, you know, I'll pay, I promise. And so, we're, and so we're like, okay. And he paid one month, but it was late and it was in, it was in two different installments. And then after that, he just stopped paying. Yeah. And so it was, uh, it wasn't a nasty, uh, eviction. I mean, he left it pretty bad, but it was bad from the beginning. Right. right. You know, he didn't, he didn't maliciously tear anything apart. Didn't right. Trash it before he left. No, I mean, it was already trashed when he was living there. And, and really, you know, Keldon and I, when we looked at this, we were like, you know, we don't want to be slumlords because yeah. we could, yeah, just throw some lipstick on it and, and rent it out. We probably could rent it out to somebody, you know? Yeah. You don't want to be like Jake, man. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> That's the thing. And I don't know if we talk about this enough on the podcast is a, uh, an investor can, or a landlord can really improve a community. If you go in and make a house nicer, not only are you open up the value in that area and you're attracting higher, uh, end tenants and I'm not saying being poor is a bad thing, but the lower income tenants tend to trash stuff out more. You don't want a slumlord and have stuff falling apart, not taking care of the people that are in the house. Like you can improve yeah. a community by being an investor. Exactly. I'm actually glad you brought that up because we met, uh, it's, it, this apartment is at the end of a dead end street and there's a really nice big house that has an amazing view. And, um, we actually went and talked to that owner and, and we said, Hey, this is what we're doing. And he said, I can't thank you enough because this place needs, needs some, some love. And you know, we, that whole street is full of duplexes and single family housing and, and a couple triplexes in there too, that were 
Kelton's like, we're going to own this street. We're going to own this street. And so we've, we've seen a lot of uh, good that come from, from doing this. There's a lot of people like I've noticed. So I've had problems with like people breaking into my trailers, my houses, stuff like that. And I've noticed like when you start talking to the neighbor and explaining like what you do, like what Jake and I do, what you do, improving the community, those people are like excited when you yeah. bring that kind of atmosphere back to the community when they don't have you know, trashy people, trashy houses all next door and stuff. They, they tend to, you know, take a liking to you and, and keep an eye on your stuff and, you know, help you out. Yeah. They, they watch out for sure. Yeah. Um, when we actually got to know our tenants and I know some people that, you know, they want to not know their tenants. They, and, and, you know, Kelton lived among them for (laughs) like six months or six weeks. And so he's like Jesus. He lived among the sinners. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, Anyways, and so we actually we actually developed a good friendship with a lot of our tenants, and and I think for us in that area in that neighborhood was a good thing because mm-hmm. um, they told us while you guys are gone we'll watch your stuff because we store a lot of our you know uh, not tools we keep I always take all my tools home but um, we store a lot of our painting uh, paint and all that kind of stuff but that's another thing when when you're looking out for deals of of real estate you look out deals for everything yeah you know we go to the discount Home Depot paint and we're like. This could be a good base color for the next apartment. I mean, we bought so much discounted stuff that we know that we'll probably need in the future. And it saves you so much money from, you know, hiring somebody or buying something new. Me and Jake went to a liquidation place that I did an auction at Nixon, bought what was it like forty sinks, like sixty faucets. <laughs> Bathroom faucets, like a bunch of stuff. I mean, we spent I think like thirty six hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. And so he has it all built in for inventory and so when one of us pulls it, we just he mark it down and it's on like a spread. We smart. have to, yeah. we have to yeah. pay it, but it's like in the, it's gonna pay off in the long run. We you got know? like seventy can lights. I mean we got all kinds That's of awesome. stuff, man. Yeah. It was sweet. We um I was looking for everything and we decided we don't want carpet in our units. No. Nah. You know, because we do allow pets in our in our uh, apartment complexes and so we're like, you know, if we just do uh Tongue groove, vinyl plank, whatever, just pull it up and replace it. And I found somebody that had tore it out of their old house, mm-hmm. but it was nice. It was nice stuff. It was probably like probably three or four dollars a square foot nice. Right. And, and I got I got four hundred square feet for seventy bucks. Yeah. And that's what we just redid our last apartment with. Let's uh take a brief break and uh, we'll add in our sponsors right here. And we're back. Welcome back to the Growth Circle Real <laughs> Real Estate Podcast. Uh so Sam, I, and I know I kind of already asked this and you kind of highlighted it, but what were some things that like really helped you along the way to make this thing work? And, uh, what did you have to learn? So I think that what made it work was just having that positive outlook, right? Mm-hmm. That this is going to work cause it has to, like I talked about, um, what I had to learn along the way was all the mistakes we made mm-hmm. when, when we went through that purchasing, we could have got that thing for so much cheaper. Yeah. You know, we knew like we did, we paid for an inspection and we, we actually talked to, to each other and we said, we're never paying for another inspection mm-hmm. again. We're never doing it because we can, we can do the inspection probably better. And we know what we're going to be looking for that we can fix or like the big ticket items that we know that, to avoid. So the one thing that, um, I've learned along the way and what has helped me learn along the way is just listening, you know, listening to different podcasts, reading about it and just watching out for what things are selling for. Mm hmm. And how fast they sell. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a unit that I was looking at, I've been looking at, and it's been, you know, it's been up for about 15 days. I'm going to keep that quiet. But <laughs> uh, where, uh, where's it at? What's the address? Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> but running the numbers, it, 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 it comes out good, mm-hmm. but not, not that good. Yeah. You know? But what it is, is it's making me be like, okay, this is the same amount of units that, that are, unit, you know, it's six units. So it's the same amount. It's selling for this amount looking at the pictures and stuff like that. And it just kind of helps me have an idea. You know, Keldon is more like research of how to do things. Mine's mm-hmm. research of what things are, ha- how things are happening. Right. And, you know, I know them. I, I feel like I'm getting to know the market here a lot more. Right. Um, I actually signed up for a, um, it's a uh, real estate company that's doing a um, investment seminar. Uh-huh. So I signed up for that for next week. I'm really? going to go to that. Nice. Oh, dude. I'll talk to you after the podcast. I'm going to a conference, a real estate one. You should go with me if you can. Chris Cron. It's in Utah. Chris Cron. Oh, we'll yeah. talk we'll talk about it in a minute. Okay. Or after the podcast. But um shoot, now I forgot what I was gonna say. Darn it. So all it all it was was um just just researching everything. That's what I was gonna say. So bigger pockets, they um they preach this stuff all the time. But, uh, the Bigger Pockets podcast on real estate investing, they talk about how important it is to like 
even if you like haven't started yet investing, go go analyze 100 deals. Get practice yeah. analyzing 100 deals. Uh, start doing your research. Like you're doing these things that you have to do repetition on to get better at. Uh, I, I mean, I would tell most people like it, just get started. And I would you I, if you are interested in real estate, I would usually say go simple and just do like a <laughs> you know single family home and, and and get through the learning process. Because even if you botch that one, like most generally you're not going to lose out on that much money and it can be a huge learning curve, which is well worth it anyways. But you went, you went all out. <laughs> yeah. And we, you know, we were looking at like how much is it per door type right. stuff, you know, and we're like, okay, we're spending, you know, $43,000 per door compared to spending, you know, 60, $70,000 on a house. Right. You know, yeah, you're going to get more rents or, you, you know, you're going to get higher rents, but you know, our rents are really good. I mean, yeah. we're renting out pretty decent for, for one bedroom, one. Yeah. Bath. What are they going for right now? So we have five, one bedroom, one bath, 450 square foot apartments that are going for when we renovate them, 750. What? what? However, yeah, boy. <laughs> yeah. However, we do pay water, sewer, trash oh, and electric. Yeah. So the electric for those five units equal out to average about 600 a month. So each mm. one's running a little more than a hundred. That's still, that's pretty good though. It is pretty good. And man. then the two bedroom, one bath apartment is renting out for eight fifty, and they pay their own utilities. Right. So we put in a, a tankless water heater because mm -hmm. they, they were all hooked up to basically two big water heaters. And so, and then we have a two car, a detached two car garage that we rent out for an additional hundred dollars a month. And there's a enough space in the basement that we could probably do another unit. Keldon's dead set on making that thing another unit. Yeah, um, that's what that's what's fun about investing is like you see these guys that are really killing it. They look for creative ways to produce more income. Yeah, it has an unfinished basement where all the electrical, water heater, all that kind of stuff is. And I was like, how do we make money off this? And at first, I was thinking about doing like individual storage lockers, mm -hmm. you know, for the tenants because 450 square feet is not a lot of space yeah. to live. And so I was like, okay, we just, we invest, you know, three grand and turn this into some lockers and then we rent them out for an additional 25 bucks a month, just yeah. tack it onto their rent. Yeah. But you know, Keldon is more of, you know, let's turn it into an apartment and make $700 a month. Yeah. How did you guys come up with your rehab cost? Um, <laughs> not very well educated on it. We, uh, the first one we spent, uh, uh we spent over like $3,300. It was way too much money. Um, but we did all we did, we redid all the electrical, ran all new electrical lines. It was the old original like two prong outlets oh, yeah. and everywhere. It just wasn't safe. So all new electrical. So the first one was like thirty three hundred bucks, and that was a two uh, one bedroom one bath. And then we got to the two bedroom, and we only spent like twenty one hundred dollars on that one. Yeah. So you went over budget on your first one. First one way over budget. Yeah. I th that's kind of a common trend. Like I remember my very first flip, I went over by ten grand. Wow. On the budget. Jake, what yep. about you? Yep, definitely. So I, I probably went let me think about it right now. Yeah, I think I went about ten grand over budget. Five to ten grand over budget. I feel like that's just common getting into it. You're gonna go over budget, which I mean I mean stuff comes up which is to be expected, but then but like you you almost get too much emotion in it and you're yeah. like, Oh, I want this to be the latest and greatest, you know. This last one we did, um, you know, we, we, we finished it out about twenty seven hundred, but we had to cut out a huge portion of the floor, replace joists because they were rotted out. Mm -hmm. We put in a little bit more expensive shower and we did it because the tenant that was going to move into it, he, he has, um, MS mm -hmm. and it was really hard for him to get around, get, get around. So we installed safety handles, you know, in the bathroom by the toilet and stuff. So we went a little bit above and beyond on that. But yeah, that first one was, was rough. So you're only spending like 2,500 bucks on average per door rehabbing these things. Yeah. Yeah, that's, Dang, not, that's pretty cheap. That's pretty cheap, yeah. Yeah, and we put in, you know, the bathroom is what we focus on right. because the bathrooms are all really bad. And, and I don't know if Jake showed you pictures of some of the stuff we've done, but um, bathroom, we just tear everything out. They had the okay. old concrete showers in there. And so we just, we turn those into a walk-in closet and then we just rip out everything. Toilet, vanity, shower, and then we put brand new shower, brand new toilet, brand new vanity. Yeah. And that alone is probably about a thousand bucks, but that makes that thing just shine. Like yeah. People yeah. love it. You know, kitchens and bathrooms, the most expensive things to do, but they, I think bring the most return. There's so many rewarding things about real estate and I can, I, I could spit off just a few and I wouldn't even scratch the surface. You know, obviously like tax advantages, cash flow, return on investment, 
uh, just the feelings of like seeing something change from going like being, especially if you're doing remodeling crappy to being nice. Mm-hmm. What I, one thing I love about real estate too, is like, there's so many different ways to invest in real estate. Like, yeah, there's so many different ways and philosophies. And like, cause like when I was talking to you, I was like, dude, do single family, do single family, get started, just get going. And you went big. But the thing is, is it, it in all reality, it took the same amount of work to get that deal and make that deal happen as it does a single family. Uh, now you just got a lot more rents. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and even that first one we showed you in Buffalo was like six units, a laundromat and a hair salon. And you're like, <laughs> This is big, man. You got. Yeah, and, I was. I was just getting a little. See, it, I started being the fear mongrel. I was like, man, I was. I was, because I'm the one that talked him into real estate, and then I'm like, man, he botches one big deal, and then he's gonna hate me for the rest of his life. He, I still don't. We'll still find out if he still likes me six after months. it's all. Yeah, six, six months. months after it's all said and done, on Jake, this. Yeah, Jake, six unit. Jake's a tad bit more conservative. Yeah, well, especially now that I've got kids yeah, you got too. Kids you know, stuff. when I first had started, like my. Uh, pest control business and my little girl was just born. I was still pretty like, come on, let's pull the trigger. Yeah. Let's pull the trigger. I just didn't know what I know now, you know, but anyways. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's definitely fun. It's definitely addicting. It's definitely something that I'll be doing the rest of my life. You know, um, what make, turn, what turns you away from that one in Buffalo? You know, after we ran the numbers and everything, it was actually negative. It came into the negative. Yeah. Um, a big thing that we were fearful of is we, we think that they were, doing some illegal activity in one of the units. Um, I mean, and, and, and so, but we walked through a couple of the, we walked through one unit and, yeah. um, you know, it was decent, but, uh, my biggest thing and why I wanted it was the laundromat. I was like, I'll start small. So Jake was like, you know, start small. I was like, I'll start small in the laundromat, you know, but really it was like a $300,000, you know, big old, uh, you know, complex with that. We stash. should partner on a lawn or a, a laundromat. Honestly, the, the as soon that as I folds get one, the laundry for you and washes it for you, and then pa- like packages it up nicely so you can come pick it up, so people can drop off their laundry. Yeah, um, I I did a lot. My of wife re- does that once in a blue moon when she needs to get caught up. <laughs> I did a lot of research on laundromats. I went and visited probably four different laundromats in Springfield, talked to the owners, talked to the operators, and you know that's one thing they said. They said, "What well, you just got to find that one niche." that's going to make you better than the next one because there's so many of them. That's literally, we talk about that so much. That's literally with any business. We talk about this with service-based businesses all the time. Like what? Cause I mean, we're starting a lawn care. I've got a pest control. He's got, you know, construction. What's one, at least one thing that you can do to be better than the other people, whether yeah. that's the way you look, the way your trucks look, your marketing, like maybe you actually answer the phone, you know, just like mm. simple it's, stuff. It's funny too. Cause I was telling Jake, I'm doing a video on Facebook every day of getting 1% better in the business, personal life, health, which health I'm, I think I'm actually going negative cause I'm eating <laughs> so much sugar, but everything's always about being 1% better and improving. So yeah. 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 It's, it's been a, it's been a great journey. We've, we've learned a ton Yeah, uh, just from, just from doing it, you know, I don't know how much we would have learned if we would have just contracted somebody to do it for us. Mm-hmm. I know you, you really do learn so much more when you're like in it. Cause like I told you this before, I've told both of you this before. I literally for years was like listening to podcasts, reading books on real estate investing, like just obsessing over it, but never pulled the trigger. And there was a lot of stuff that still didn't make sense and wasn't clicking until I finally started doing it. And I was like, Oh, that's how you do it. Mm-hmm. Especially using other people's money. <laughs> Like that's the part that like, I'm so glad I'm finally getting that one down because I'm like, holy cow, dude, all the properties I've got, like the first three that I got, I put 20% down. Heck man, if I would've used somebody else's money, like that's an infinite return, you know? And I still have really good returns on them, but still. For some reason, none of us when we're getting into it can wrap our brains around how we can get a hold of. Yeah. Cause we're like, we're like, well, how are we, how are we going to get money? How are we going to do that? And then you just, you, it's like a limiting belief, but then you start realizing like, man, it's really not that hard. It's super easy to get everybody's money. Make it a win-win for somebody and they'll, they'll give you your money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I did with Kelton. No, <laughs> but I want to ask you guys a question. So what got, you know, Jake, I know you love real estate, John, you know, I, I met you today. Um, and uh, probably the same thing. What made you guys get into it? What was that thing that, that pulled you into it. You want to go first, John? No, I'm going to have to think about it. Jake, go ahead. Okay. Well, I'm just going to start thinking out loud so everybody can hear my thinking, my thought process. The reason why I got into real estate is, um, because I wanted the freedom that I knew it could bring. Um, my my whole thing is, is because, you know, you hear people say money's the root of all evil, yada, 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 blah, 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 blah. What I think money represents for me is choices. 
which is freedom. If I can have choices and what I mean by that is like, so if I have built up enough passive income from real estate investing that I don't have to worry, like it can fund my lifestyle that opens up choices for me. So for example, like um, if I want to go see a country I've never been to or uh, make sure I can go to my kids sporting events Mm -hmm. and things like that, I have those options. Um, So it really came down to freedom for me. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way as Jake and I'm gonna get a little personal, but I think when I was getting into real estate, uh, I think the biggest thing was like both of my parents have had cancer and so one thing I realized is I didn't, and I was working nights at FedEx, and I was like, man, I don't get to spend time with my family. I don't get to spend time with my fiance because I'd be sleeping during the day, and you know she would be working. And my dad worked nights for a long time at FedEx as well, and missed like a lot of my games and stuff. And I was just like, I don't want to, I don't want to be the one that has to miss my kids' games and has to work all the time and don't get to spend time with my family. Like, you get one life. And I don't want to miss out on all that. So I kind of think that that's what got me into real estate. And I just knew that it came with a lot of freedom, mm-hmm. you know, after you worked for it for a while. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And, and that's kind of what has helped me move into that, too. You know, I chose my job now allows me to do that. Um, but, you know, it's it's still I, I got to show up Monday yeah. through Friday. You know, I was going to ask you that. So. It, you start taking off with this real estate thing and say, say you start producing enough passive income mm-hmm. that it literally pays all your bills and then some like, where do you, where do you go from there? Or do you, st- do you still, thing. do you still work for, uh, you know, the schools? <laughs> Hopefully your boss ain't listening to this. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. So Keldon and I have a, have a goal. We have a goal of, of $10,000 of passive income. Mm-hmm. That's what our goal is. I think that's like a lot of people's like first, like per month, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's per a, month, Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I had uh, one of my supervisors actually ask me that. He said, you know, what are you going to do if this takes off? And, he, and I said, I said, honestly, man, if I still have the time and the freedom, I'm going to, I'm going to keep working. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple reasons for that. One, my wife loves security, uh-huh. right? She loves the comfort, the safety, and my job provides that. Right. Um, and if it got to that point where that, that real estate could provide that as well, my job it's there's there's stressful times and hard and taxing times but for the most part i love my job i love the people i work with Mm -hmm. and so i would just keep working honestly um it might get to the point where i could retire i would retire early that would be what i would do gotcha Um, i think i would continue working where i'm working but it would be more of you know buying out so in in education you can buy years um to retire earlier so you get to that point gotcha what's your long-term goal like how many rentals do you want to have how many doors so you know, like I said, Kelton and I, our, our goal is 10,000. Um, we would love to get to that point where we're, we're together at a hundred. So 50 each. Nice. Um, you know, we've talked about, you know, what if we sell this, do we, do we split up? And, and we've just, you know, he may be thinking that something completely different, but I was always just thinking, you know, we work so well together because we're so opposite. Mm-hmm. You know, he's so focused and detailed and oriented. And I'm more of like the big picture. Cause that's what my job is, is I just look at the big picture. And, and how do we get to that big picture? And so we just work and, and mesh really well together. So I think a hundred, a hundred rental units, but he wants to get into laundromats as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he wanted to get big into storage units, which we're going to, as soon as we get some money, we're going to start just calling storage units and being like, Hey, are you guys interested in selling? Yeah. I think you might be able to build them pretty cheap too. Honestly, the structure's so I- not that, not a, it's not like, um. There's not a lot of structure to a storage unit, really. In fact, actually, somebody we go to church with is building some storage units right now. Oh, really? Uh, well, I, should, I should pick their brain about it. Actually, in fact, we should try to get them on the podcast. Yeah, probably. So, Keldon's your brother-in-law? Yeah, so his wife and my wife are sisters. Man, what a match. That's unreal <laughs> that you guys click so good together and you guys are just, yeah. you know. And he's, be been re- he's been really uh, good at because he lives in Arizona, so right. he flies here. Luckily, it's like an Allegiant flight, so it's it's no stops non-stop. yeah non-stop uh two and a half hour flight wow um and so it's been nice and he's been willing to do that which nice. has been good and he has that that uh, that freedom in his job and his lifestyle to be able to do that nice uh i have two questions that i really want to ask you but i'm going to ask you this one first and i don't think we ask a lot of people this but if you get to the point where money is not an option what does your day look like what would be the perfect day what would you do with your time Um, and I don't know if you've thought that far ahead, but it's a tough question. So I love, 
learning new hobbies. You know, um, I love working with my hands. And so my perfect day would be, uh, obviously first wake up. And if I have kids, younger kids still playing with those kids, mm-hmm. um, I love playing with my little boy. He's, he's annoying sometimes, but I mean, he's just, <laughs> he's, he's great. Then going out and, and probably playing around golf, to be honest. <laughs> and then just working with my hands and figuring out different things. Like I love building things. Yeah. You know, I built that chicken coop. I've never built a chicken coop before. We renovated an apartment. I've never done that before. Um, you know, I, I build flags, you know, I, I've, I've learned how to do that. Yeah. He did the flag really? that's in our okay. original podcast Quick, studio. As soon as you said yeah. it, dude, that thing looks awesome, man. Um, I'm starting, uh, to do epoxy tables here pretty soon. Those are um, sick. I'm going to, dude, you should build us one. We'll buy one for our podcast table. Wouldn't that be sick? Look how wigged out he gets, yeah. man. No, it's it, ate up. And so <laughs> I, I spend a lot of time um, watching videos on how to do stuff like that. I just love working with my hands. You know, my wife and I, you know, we're not big travelers. We don't travel. Mm-hmm. Um, we've always had pets and stuff like that, so it makes it hard to travel. So we're, we're not big travelers. Like, you know, we've gone to Hawaii, and that's basically it. Uh-huh. Is YouTube your go-to when you have a question? Yeah, you don't Google things anymore. You YouTube things now. Yeah, Man, we would get along super good. <laughs> I YouTube everything. So that's, that's my ideal perfect gotcha. day is working with my hands all day. Okay, gotcha. Uh, my other question that I was going to ask you is, what's the one thing that you feel like that you did that led to the success that you're starting to see with this uh, real estate investing. Like if you can narrow it down to a couple of principles that you're like, yeah, we were doing this. That's why we were able to make this happen. Find the right partner. Hmm. If you're going to go at it alone, uh, be prepared to, um, I mean, you, yeah, you'll take all the risk and you'll reap all the rewards, but finding somebody that's going to push you and help you along the way. So my, you know, Keldon was my partner. You were originally my partner, getting us excited about it and pushing us getting to that point. But find that person that's going to help you because it's, it's very scary going at it by yourself. You know, I look at it and, and I'm here and I'm having to deal living close to that unit, you know, and, and, and going, you know, on my weekends and stuff like that. But I know that, that Keldon is going to be here in a few weeks to work nonstop for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And so for me, that was my biggest thing is find the right partner and then make sure that your, your partner, your spouse or whoever is going to back you Gotcha. And, and understand that you're doing it for them. Because at the time when you're tearing out old moldy, rusted, rotted floors, you're like, this is not worth it for me. But then you see who you're doing it for. You're right. Knowing what you know now getting into this do you think you would have started if you knew what you knew now like would that have been something that would you have been more scared knowing what you know now getting into it i don't think i would have been more scared i think i would have been more uh, aware of what we were getting into right so i i definitely wouldn't have paid what we paid you know we got a really good deal on it honestly we got a good deal on it at what what it appeared to be the rents versus what we got it on looked really good right um but with the property being almost a hundred years old. I mean, it's 80 years old. Um, my, my thing would have been be more cognitive of the, the things that I knew were going to take a lot of money and time. It's hard to kind of get over emotions too, when you're first getting into it. I mean, you're trying to get that first deal under your belt and it's all about getting that first deal done. So you're always, you know, willing to go a little bit farther than maybe what you would go now. Yeah. And then I, I definitely would, you know, I had a really good realtor, um, but I would have had, um, I would have had more conversations with that realtor about fighting more for us. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, like I said, you know, and I'm not going to say his name, but he's a really good guy. Uh, he, you know, he sold the, the house for us. Uh, he, uh, he was our realtor when we bought our house in, in Elkland. Nice. Um, really good guy, but I would have had him be more active in that listing. Right. Just because, you know, he, he knew that those things and, and he knew what to look for. And, and I don't feel like we were being brand new to it. Uh, we were shown those things that we probably should. Yeah, gotcha. for sure. I mean, I went to him, I, I found the deal and I said, and I found it and I said, I need you to find out more information on this. Like, you know, but he had no idea we were looking. So, right. Right. Yeah. I, uh, now I don't know if I should say this on the podcast, but I have a family member that is a real estate agent, but I don't use them for a reason. They're not quick enough. They're not on the ball enough. Yeah. They're, they're, they're not going to. Yeah. But granted to give them the benefit out, they have another job. So <laughs> anyways, um, as we're coming to a close, is there any other questions you got, John? 
before we head into the the no. final three. No, I'm good, need, man. We need a plug right there, like a voiceover for that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, okay. These are the last three questions we ask every guest on the podcast, as always. Um, what's the most recent book you've read, and what's one thing you learned from it? So the most recent book I read is actually uh, not for my job, but we had <laughs> maybe sounds lame, but a book club. And we chose a book, which was Leaders Eat Last uh-huh. by Simon Sinek. Who, did your... Did, my boss was Your boss had to... It. Oh, that's sweet, though. That's sweet that he's doing, like, mm-hmm. book clubs, because I think that's really good for leadership development. Yeah, it stopped when COVID hit, but we, we were reading basically, like, two or three chapters and then meeting weekly and then that's discussing awesome. it. That's awesome. So, yeah, so Leaders Eat Last by Simon Sinek, and, you know, I learned a lot from that book. Uh, I've watched his... TED talks on that He's book. Awesome. He's an awesome. And dude. you know, I've, I've just, I learned a lot about, and even, even the title, you know, the, the title leaders eat last. It's not the point of the book, but even when we have like get togethers, I'm always the last one in line. I have all my people move forward. And, and even though that's not the, the, you know, the purpose of that book, it just kind of explains how teams kind of come together right? and how teams don't come together. Yeah. So. That's cool. Uh, second question. What is one principle you strive to live your life by? Um, I think for mine is just having a positive outlook and a, a, and, and making friends, being nice to everybody. Mm -hmm. I had a sister that was, um, tormented a lot by people. And I think she still, uh, does sometimes it still, it still happens sometimes. And one thing she told me when I was really young, she said, Sam, she said, you be nice to everybody. You know, and I was always in in school, I was always nice to everybody because I didn't know when somebody was going to do something stupid. <laughs> so I was just trying to be nice to every single person, you know, and I had a lot, I, I didn't have a lot of like strong friends, like really, really like diehard friends, but I had a lot of friends. Yeah. And that was my whole point is just be nice to people because some, somebody needs to have something nice done to them every single yeah. day. I, I have this uh, philosophy that I'm starting to come together with that. Everybody, everybody needs a friend, right? Everybody needs to feel loved. And I think that what that means is everybody, because I was in the military, they, we say a saying called who, which stands for her, heard, understood, acknowledged. Everybody just wants to be heard, understood and acknowledged. That's true. Anyways, that's a side note. (laughs) Uh, what is one of the greatest pieces of advice that you've ever been given? So what I had on there uh, was you can marry more money in five minutes than you can make in a lifetime. <laughs> so I had a uh, young men's leader. Uh, so uh, it was a, I think it was a scouts leader actually. And he said, guys, pick your spouse carefully because you can marry more money in five minutes than you can make in a lifetime. <laughs> now I unfortunately did not marry more money in five minutes than I will make in a lifetime. But um, it was definitely something that, um, made me more aware of what I wanted to be. You know, I wanted to be that person where when I got married, my spouse knew that she could count on me to, to do that. So I still am waiting for her to be like, Hey, surprise, I'm actually a millionaire. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure you stuck with me for 11 years. So <laughs> that's so funny. And then every year it's, you know, stuck with me for 11 years, 12 years, 13 years. So I'm, I'm still hoping. So where, where can people find out more about you, Sam, if they wanted to connect with you? Yeah. So I, I do have a Facebook. Um, I'm, I'm pretty active on Facebook. I'm, I'm, and it's Samuel Moses Kington. It's not Sam Kington. It's Samuel Moses Kington. Um, I, I don't spend a lot of time on Instagram. I don't post hardly anything on Instagram. I need to get more on that. My wife's an Instagram person. Um, I actually had started a TikTok channel. You did. I did. Yeah. We were renovating, um, a old milk barn that's uh-huh. on my property and I got about four videos into it. And then I'm like, yeah, I don't have any money and I don't have any time. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it's, it's going to be a project of, of turning that into, um, like an awesome shop. That's sweet. And are you going to get that all on TikTok? Yeah, you know, probably, but, um, I, 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 t- I find myself when I'm posting something, I waste a lot of time not yeah. posting anything. Yeah. And so I've, I've kind of distanced myself away from that. Like Instagram's not even on my phone. Like I have to go through like the web to get to it. <laughs> and so, um, but Facebook, I'm pretty active and, and a lot of our, um, uh, apartment remodels are on there too. Cool. And we'll put the link in the description. Um, you would have liked our old podcast studio. It was in a barn. I, I loved it, man. I saw some videos of oh, it, some yeah. pictures. Yeah, you, yeah, you it's pretty the... pretty slick. I, I kind of miss the barn. I wish we could slap the barn right in the middle of Springfield. It'd be nice. Yeah, I know. It'd be 
Springfield's crappiest barn. And one last thing. So if you want to connect with Keldon and I, um, it's rent at uh, rentwitholympus at gmail.com. Oh, nice. Okay. So if you want to send us deals or if you're interested in, you know, uh, getting some help or um, mainly deals would be great. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to try to steal that from your from you guys. But uh, anyways, yeah. So rentwitholympus uh, at gmail.com. Sam's a super cool guy, super honest. So if you want to set up a deal with him, he'd be a great guy to go with. Um, if I, I should have said this at the beginning of the podcast, I want to start saying this more often, but if, if you guys are listening to this and you've gotten value out of this, please feel free to share it with somebody that you feel could use this information. Um, if you like and subscribe, we'd greatly appreciate it. Uh, we've, we, we're not really making money off this podcast. We made 10 bucks, but we're still in the hole cause of all the mics and stuff. But anyways, uh, if you have, if you've gotten value from this or we made you laugh or some way or enjoyed our voices or whatever. <laughs> Please, Jake, please like so and share. <laughs> oh my well, god! I, I appreciate you guys having me on, and you know, I, I do listen to a lot of your podcasts. I need I need to listen more because you guys have you you have had some great people on here and some really uh, knowledgeable people, and you guys have some great questions that kind of helps prompt those people. And so I really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, Sweet. thanks. We've, we appreciate we've been pretty it. blessed by our network, honestly. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. So appreciate well, it, man. Shining off. Thank you for listening to the Growth Circle Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, connect with Jake and John on Instagram at Jake Ingledew and at John underscore the underscore builder. Until next time.